was in her from day one a mixture of enormous ability and absolute confidence. Aretha Franklin made it look easy. One songwriter said she would tear a song apart and put it back together and make her version the standard. It was Otis Redding that wrote and originally recorded Respect, but it was Franklin that made it an anthem. Ah, yeah, gotta love that music. I've been hearing it all day. I'm uh, now in complete Aretha Franklin mode. She had so many good songs, and then you hear them all today, and you're like, oh, I love that one. Oh, I love that one. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> I mean, she was a dynamic, dynamic talent. And, of course, the tributes are falling, you know, flooding in from presidents to other musicians. There's no one that is not tipping their hat um, to this talent. And she really was one of a kind, um, a talent born out of gospel music, who toured the country with her dad, who was a pastor. They'd travel around in his gospel caravan. And I think that was really the start of her discovery. They were close, her her dad. He died young. And, and she, interestingly, she, when he passed away, she would never let someone say death or passed away. You would always have to come up with a different word than that. But she was, um, I mean, she performed with all the greats. She performed for historical figures, including Martin Luther King. She sang for presidents. She won endless awards. I mean, there will not be another like her. And I think she defined uh, a time, certainly crossing so many barriers. And I would call her an icon, but I i mean, an icon of what? Of everything? She, she just crossed too many lines. Let's bring in someone who knows a heck of a lot more about her and can really kind of put into perspective just uh, what a loss she is uh, to the music world. Eric Alper joins me. He's a mu- music correspondent, blogger, radio host, and of course, former director of media relations at One Music. Hello there. Hey, how are you? Well, I'm good. I mean, we knew that she was um, close to the end. We kind of had been on on watch for the last uh, couple of weeks. But, you mm. know, you hear the news, and there's only a few that you kind of you get checked in the gut, and she was one of them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in the, in the last number of years, we certainly had that sort of feeling when it came to somebody like a Tom Petty or a Prince, for yeah. instance. Yeah. But, you know, she's right up there with the, with the greats when you can talk about a Miles Davis or Elvis Presley or Ella Fitzgerald. Um, you know, people that just cross not only the musical styles and genres, but was at the forefront of movements in America, whether you're talking about the feminist movement and Aretha was right there and also the civil rights movement and Aretha was right there too. But that's what happens when you're pretty much the greatest singer of the last 60 years ever since she was 14. She was popular. Yeah. And we should mention Elvis Presley died on this very day. I think it was like 41 years ago. Yeah. Um, so she, she joins him in passing. I'm not sure if they're uh, toasting a, a drink tonight, but nonetheless, um, <laughs> you know, she, she really did have an unbelievable, um, an unbelievable voice. And, and I know she was not always known as the easiest person to work around, you know, but I don't know many entertainers who actually are but nonetheless she brought it every time she performed yeah absolutely and and you know what that's an excellent point about about her personality too because you know in the last 20 25 years she didn't really 
tour a lot. She didn't perform in concert a lot, which makes that video that's obviously making the rounds now even more. But that time where she performed for the Obamas yep. in his inauguration, mm-hmm. um, it, 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 it's so spectacular, not only because like she blew the roof off that play, but because it was one of the very few times where she actually got on stage and sung. She didn't use social media. Mm-hmm. She wasn't out there as a special guest a mentor on the reality shows. She knew she was one of the greatest of all time and really didn't have to keep coming out there even when she had ill health to prove it because we all knew it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, she comes out of a generation of, I mean, I know a lot of people think she's Motown, but she's not Motown. She's soul. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, even before then, I mean, she's really gospel, which is where a lot of the the, the Southern African-American singers came from. You look at Otis Redding or Sam and Dave or um, Sam Cooke, Marvin Gaye. They all came from the church. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's interesting because yeah. that's not so acceptable now. No, because back because now it would be like you're singing Christian music. Yeah, you'd be and, kind of and, yeah qualified yeah, as weird, and, but... Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of gives you that mark of like, well, you're just too goody goody. And that's where Katy Perry got her started. And all of a sudden she sings Christian. And then a year later, she comes back with, you know, I kissed a girl. And it's just that yin and yang and opposites with somebody like Aretha and all these amazing soul singers. That's the only road that was open to them back then. I mean, she recorded her first album when she was 14 years old. Um, a gospel record that was on her father's record label because he was a pastor Mm -hmm. who went from town to town in the southern states. And that's that sheer emotion of, you know, look, not to get all super religious on on people, but like when you have a fear of God in you that's put in you and that you have to um, be a good person and you are singing to God, whatever God that you want to believe in, that's where those hairs on the back of your neck start to stand up because it is as it's authentic as anything else because it's real because you're playing with religion and people down south they don't mess around with religion no they do not and she was close to her dad i mean they traveled together they toured together and he ended up getting um hurt very badly in a, in a botched robbery he was left in a coma for five years and she moved to be by his side so she could care for him and then when he passed she would never let someone a, she couldn't talk about it, but she would not let people say pass away. She would make people come up with different ways to, you know, um, describe someone leaving. Um, so she was close. Though. He shaped her who she was, I think. Yeah. And, and it's that kind of close family relationship that allowed her to perform and write and go on tour with her sisters, Emma Franklin and Carolyn Franklin, who both sing the backup in respect in that song. So that kind of real closeness that the family is everything. And again, like, you know, that's something that might be a little bit lost on today's performers as well. But, you know, you stuck by with the people who brought you into this world, good and bad. Yeah. And she comes from a royalty in Detroit. Like she's from that real sweet spot in in Detroit where, you know, she was part of that scene of of such important performers. You know, you've got Stevie Wonder, a bunch of these guys who came right out of that area. Yeah, in the new Bethel Baptist Church back in Detroit um, at a really early age. And, and that city never really left her. You know, they, they relocated the family to Detroit um, when the father took over that church. 
Um, but, you know, she frequently, you know, no matter where she was, she kind of always came back there. And when she sung the Star Spangled Banner um, in Detroit back in 2006, that was a big deal. That was like a, as close to a homecoming concert and her being the homecoming queen as, as anybody else. But, you know, she performed a, a couple of times at, at the Ford Field in Detroit in 2016 during Thanksgiving. Um, so that that city really has a, a, a great place in our heart. Surprisingly, that's also the city, of course, where Motown came from, yep. and she never really recorded for them. She recorded for Atlantic Records. Yeah, we're having a little bit of difficulty here uh, digitizing oh. on us just slightly. Um, but you're right. I mean, you got the Temptations, this great uh, mix of just up-and-comers who weren't in it for the money. They were just pure, raw talent. Yeah, definitely. You know, when you think about all the different styles of music that Aretha touched on, whether it was jazz or blues or, um, you know, R&B and rock. I mean, her performing rock and roll covers like Jumping Jack Flash yeah. or Respect, like that, they, she really had no, no boundaries when it came to, to the styles of music. She was just like, this is good music and this is bad music, and I only want to perform the really good music. Yeah, and you know, that song, uh, Feel Like a Natural Woman, I mean, that comes on and, and you can't help but get goosebumps. It's just, it, it's just a very, and it's her voice. It's this velvety, powerful, beautiful, robust uh, voice. She, she paved the way, though, for a lot of young women who, um, I think, owe a lot of the, her, their success to her. Everybody. I mean, and 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 I don't. I wouldn't even think it would just be on on the female side. I think you know artists like John Legend or Michael Jackson take a look at her yeah. and say that this is how you sing a song and this is how you emote. And because um, she was hitting so many different marks of history, hanging out and and um, and doing a lot of shows and a lot of um, tributes and a lot of actions with Martin Luther King and with Sam Cooke and Marvin Gaye. And so she really kind of felt a lot of what she was singing. When she was singing about respect and yeah. doing the cover of the Otis Redding song, it wasn't just her taking a stab at a really popular song. She completely manipulated and maneuvered that song into a women's anthem to be, instead of, you know, Otis singing about, you know, respect, and this is what I'm going to do, it, Aretha was like, you better listen to me or else I'm going to boot your butt right out of the door. Well, yeah, and she was so authoritative with it. I think you bring up a good point. It's that you thought that was hers. Like, she owned that. Yeah. And, and that doesn't happen. I mean, it happened to Prince with Sinead O'Connor, where someone yeah. else writes a song, but the other artist puts their mark on it. And it's such a cliche, too, that, we, you know, we live in a reality television world where American Idol yeah. or The Voice are really, really popular. And there's nothing wrong with those kind of shows. In fact, if you go on YouTube, one of the biggest roads to success if you're a teenager is to make videos of you performing cover songs and you know they're good but realistically there's a thousand ten thousand girls who can all sing really great aretha franklin was just able to just stop all over that and say no this is exactly how you sing because it comes with age yeah. and it comes with experience and it comes with getting your heart broken many, many times throughout your 60 or 70 years of you living rather than when you're 15 and you're trying to imagine what it's like during those points. Aretha Franklin didn't have to imagine what it was like to have, you know, a man's thumb under you. She lived it during all of those years by not being able to have the same rights as men. So sure. she sings respect 
it's like, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what the women were thinking. Yeah, like she comes from a generation where she would have gone in the side door, where men went in the front door. She, she came from a time when, when blacks had no rights. So she, she, you're right, she does and did sing with such uh, passion because she was really, I think, giving her feelings. And that's why I always cringe when young girls sing her songs. And that's probably why Simon Cowell cringed when people would try to sing her songs because he just can't duplicate it. But, um, you know, she's a loss. And I think, uh, you know, it's sad, but at least her music, her music will, in fact, live on. Yeah, especially in today's era where anybody can just go up on YouTube and find some of the greatest performances of, of anybody. And, you know, if there's one silver lining to this whole thing, it's like because she has, a, a, you know, fairly bad health in the last number, not only of years, but especially in the last number of days, it, it would be nice to know that she got to see the love and attention that she saw when she was on this planet. And we all kind of got to share what it would be like if Aretha Franklin was not here for a couple of days, which is I think a lot more than obviously like a Michael Jackson or Prince, where it was just such a shock when yeah. they passed away. With Aretha, we kind of knew it was coming, and now we kind of get to celebrate her when she was here, and now that she's no longer here, well, the music is going to live on forever. Yeah, you know, there's be a, there'll be a whole generation that can finally discover some good music and um, and why it makes us weep. But uh, nonetheless, Eric, thanks so much. By the way, do you have a favorite song of hers? Um, you know what? I love that scene in the 1980 Blues Brothers film that came out because <laughs> yeah. that was my first entry into her. And it was like, whoa, when she sung Think and told the Blues Brothers what to do. <laughs> and, you know, you better listen to me. It was amazing. And I remember talking to my parents and saying, who's this Aretha Franklin? And like, she looked at me like, oh, Eric, we have so much to teach you. <laughs> it's true. This is a song here. Eric, thanks so much. No problem. Thanks so much for having me, Alex. Cheers. That's Eric Alper. That it, this is a great song, but I still stick with. Um, I'm trying to think of the movie that it was in. I, my, I'm having brain delays tonight. What was the movie that uh, was in the '80s? Um, feel like a natural. Well, you wouldn't know because you're a millennial. Um, <laughs> I, I know how to watch a movie. No, I know, but this was like it was like a bunch of adults that get together and that you know what I'm talking about. Tony, you're old. Uh, all those adults get together. They all start swapping each other's beds and feel like a natural woman. There's a Rolling Stone song in it. Why can't I think of this movie? I'm going to do it over the commercial break. I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point here on Global News Radio.